This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Break If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. Yo, what up, what up, what up, though? It's been a minute, but we got some things we got to talk about. Oh yeah, your boy, you know, chill for a couple days, but I've been paying attention what's going on in sports, specifically football, pro and college. Yeah, some things going down, man, and we're going to discuss them. Got my man, I'm going to get my man Robert T. Green on this jank, you know what I'm saying? We got some things we got to talk about because... The, the one subject that everybody been tiptoeing around, you got to talk about it now. I mean, you, you got to talk about it. It's going to make people very uncomfortable, as always. Uh, but a lot of things we gloss over on and tiptoe around and kind of don't tell the whole truth. And, like, it's amazing that how people talk so bad about Kaepernick. All these years, they talk bad about Kaepernick. Because he was trash. That's why he went in the NFL. You have all these folks who really believe that. First of all, let me say that. Everybody that said that truly believed that bull crap. Like, they believe that. Oh, if he was good, it would he would be in the NFL just because he's not good. And since he's not good, that's why he took... Like, you, you have people really believing what they were saying. And now you got dudes like Pete Carroll trying to save themselves. Pete Carroll had Kaepernick in his office. And just talk to him. But now you're trying to tell folks, well, yeah, teams hit me up. and de- Like, yo, come on, man. This after-the-fact this after stuff, got to chill, bro. It got to chill. Like, it's disgusting. Football matter shirts coming out. Everything is a slap in the face to the culture. So we got to start applying pressure. Just can't let people get away with it. So don't let my man Robert T. Green, you know what I'm saying? He going to jump in. And we're going to break bread. And like I said, it's going to be a lot of people that's going to be uncomfortable. But why are you uncomfortable with knowing the truth? Like, the truth shouldn't make you uncomfortable. The truth should get you excited. You know what I'm saying? You're getting that real rap. Not that 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 fabricated stuff that you see on TV 24-7. That the Sly Fox be having you trying to follow. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hey, Rob, I don't know, man. Won't well, let me add you right now, bro. Whenever you're ready, man, 
just uh just ask to jump in. You know what I'm saying? But racism is strong in sports, man. It's strong. Like, I'm going to give y'all the real rap right now. It won't let me invite you, Rob, for some reason, man. Are you on, like, your computer or something? It won't let me add you. I don't know what's going on. He said it won't let me in. Yeah, you just get on your phone, man. If if you're not on your phone, yeah, you gotta use your phone. Um, but yo, I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let y'all in a little secret of why Roger Goodell made that video. Let y'all. I'm, I'm gonna give y'all a little secret. I was gonna say this for my full podcast Monday, but the reason why they he made that video. It's because one person did the video that's very powerful right now. They got a lot of, uh, 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 just, is that dude. So we all know quarterback is the most important position. All right, I see you, Rob. We all know quarterback is the most The reason why he did is because Patrick Mahomes is in that video. Patrick Mahomes is in that video. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is seen as the next face of the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes is African-American. So that's why Roger Goodell jumped out there and made the video. Because the face of the league is an African-American quarterback. And ain't no getting away around it. There ain't no more damn Tom Brady's. Ain't no more damn Aaron Rodgers. Ain't no more Andrew Lux. Russell Wilson ain't won, but we they love Russell Wilson. But Patrick Mahomes on the front of Madden, MVP of the recent Super Bowl, he's that guy. And once they saw his face in the place, they said, hey, I need to make this video. That's why y'all see Roger Goodell jumping out there right now. That's all it is. Damage control. Rob, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, fam. Okay, okay. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I know we, we talked a lot about it. And you, you're talking about racism in sports. Uh, so for those who don't know, um, I am – however you want to look at it, I am uh, honored to be uh, heading up as the uh, spokesperson for what's going on at the University of Iowa right now. For those of you guys that don't know, Kirk Ferentz is going to be doing an interview, um, a press conference at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And, and one of the things that he's doing, and he's speaking of racism, is that uh, he's actually going to have three African-American um, student athletes on that actual press conference with him. And my first question is, is that uh, why did, did they ask these three African-Americans to be on this press conference or did these three African-American athletes ask to be on Play sports, we know the answer to the actual question. Uh, again, so for those who don't know what's going on, University of Iowa, uh, some former players in the National Football League, as well as current players, have talked about uh, systemic racism and being oppressed and made them feel like unwanted in the University of Iowa based off of many, many, many years under Kurt Ferentz. Um, I don't tolerate racism at all on any level. So, what Kurt Ferentz could have did is he could have said, you know, I'm an old school coach. I come from a time and era where things are different in this world. He could have said, you know what? I haven't taken the time to really 
look at the actual athlete that I actually recruit at the University of Iowa and understand the plight that they need in the world that they live in. Um, that's something that I apologetic for. Uh, I will be better and I'll move forward from there. That's not what Kirk Ferentz did. After these athletes said what they said, past and current, Kirk Ferentz went and said that I have no knowledge of this. Mind you, Brian Ferentz is Kirk Ferentz's son, as well as uh, Chris Doyle, the person that's being charged with these many different um, uh, egregious acts against African-American athletes has been at the University of Iowa for 21 years. Any athlete that played in college sports or pro sports know that coaches are, again, I hate to say it, but it is what it is. They're dictators. They know everything and anything. And they ensure that you, as the player and athlete, are doing things at the level that they want you to do, or they'll find several ways to remove you. Um, many coaches and many parents in particular, when you recruit these actual athletes, don't know what you're signing up for. Again, that's why the, 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 the devil's in the pudding. When you say trust the process, but a process that's not basically built to work out for you um, is egregious. So when Roger Goodell said that literally without the African-American athlete, they will not be um, the NFL. NFL. But that also yeah. means it will not be ESPN. They will not be NFL Network. They will not be um, the actual uh, NFL Live and so forth. Uh, so with that being said, is that there's only 1,900 players in the National Football League. And there's only uh, 1,400 of them maybe African-American. So with that statement that Roger Goodell made is 1,000% true, it's also a, a true statement. In the NCAA, there's approximately 279,000 male athletes. We are, all, everyone knows, there's no secret that NFL, I mean that college football, college basketball, men's and college, women's college basketball generate all the revenue. So if we know 1% go pro. So basically out of that 279,000 people per year that are generating billions um, without proper health care, without proper education, without proper careers, without proper mental health and well-being, without proper third-party independent resources to help these athletes see their future, this man decides to say, I have no knowledge of it. And he never expected in his wildest dreams that a parent who has reached out to Kurt Ferentz directly, reached out to the NCAA, reached out to the athletic department, reached out to the actual office coordinator without getting back and at the end of the day, just like anything else, when it, something happens to African-American fan bases, people in the media quick to say, oh, he he's just mad that he didn't make it in the NFL. He's just mad that he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Like I said, again, at the end of the day, if he did what I said in the beginning, this would not be an issue. But that man was arrogant enough and bold enough to tell the world with parents from all over the country has experiences throughout the years that he had no knowledge. And because his mother was brave to do what she did to basically advocate for her son like she'd been doing, but yeah. was not heard. Because after a pro athlete said what he said and his current player said what he said, because he denied her son's rights to have a quality of life that he was looking for at the University of Iowa, then now we are where we are today. Um, and again, before I, I get turned this back over to you, I just want people to understand that when I say trust the facts, not the process, is not something that literally I'm playing with. This NCAA, as this world is going through all these different things, talking about systemic racism and oppression, not understanding this, the system and the business of the NCAA, what I termed and actually trademarked the term sports trafficking, that again, when you have a man, a commissioner making $15 million saying that without us, and us as African-American athletes, we don't exist, whereas another body of work that has 279,000 of us 
<laughs> that are not paying us. But yet, as the NFL commits $250 million to address this, the NCAA are sending your kids out into a pandemic voluntarily. Mm. It's going to be priced. There's consequences for your actions in this business going forward. And again, when it's all said and done, not only the University of Iowa, not only Kurt Ferentz, but all these Power Five conferences and schools are going to have a price to pay. What that price looks like, we're going to see. But the, the, the ability to silence the actual athlete and the families for things that they did not sign up for, and for the fans who never played the game, could never play the game, call them soft and do all types of things to disparage who they are as character and men, um, at the end of the day, not recognize what actually happened, those same people are the same ones screaming, all lives matter while black lives are dying. And like I said, again, at the end of the day, if you want to go at me specifically, the player's rep, and articulate your case, just understand what happens when it's all said and done. I have no feelings for what you said. Like I said, Kurt Ferris had a way out, admission of guilt, accept your responsibility for your actions. But no, at 2 p.m., you're going to actually bring on three African-American athletes as a 60-something-year-old white man and say that what? So again, it's all good for African-American athletes to say you're not a racist, like DeAndre Hopkins said about Dabble Sweeney. But when the African-American athlete parents say we should get paid for what we do, they don't know what to do with the money. Make up your mind, pick a side and stick to it. Because it's over. It's absolutely over. Why do you think they got so much of an issue with, with players owning their likeness? Like, why, why do why do people got an issue with that? I'm still trying okay, to figure again, that out. Likeness and image, just like anything else, when an athlete says something, just like in the world we live in today, and that's all this politics, sports make the world go around. It's entertainment first, but it's a business as well. And because of that, when an athlete says something, that drives revenue, that drives views, that drives likes and understanding. And when the athlete actually is able to basically understand that without me, this does not exist, then you have to come to the table and understand what true business is. The uneducated athlete, the, uneducated, the, the uninformed body and mind is what the NCAA has built their billions off. Like I said, 1,900 people versus 279,000 people. And I'm talking only men. Women add another 100 and about 50,000, so approximately about 495,000 student athletes in the NCAA per year. And they talking about name, image, and likeness. But yet, like I said, if you look at my last post, you got Clemson, Alabama, LSU. All these schools have made a concerted effort to make sure every player, including Joe Burrow that won a Heisman, including Chase Young that won, was, was basically brought Ohio State towards the national championship. All these different people that got drafted in the NFL, they made sure that none of these names, images, and likeness are anywhere on their social media feeds right now. But yet they say they got the best interest of the actual athlete in mind. No, they're trying to sequester the athlete's best interest by saying, hey, athlete, do you understand taxes? Hey, athlete, do you understand how to market yourself? Hey, athlete, do you understand to build your social media platform? No, no, and no. So between that and this so-called schedule of free education that they got, these athletes don't have the time or energy to be able to do what it is they say they're trying to help them to do. The only reason why that the NCAA is going this route, because again, Congress wants to get involved based off taxes. But again, if you all of a sudden go back to this so-called um, licensing agreement, if I as an athlete generate $1 million, and you're telling me as that athlete that when I'm doing this based off being a good student, being good with my social media, good public speaking, speak well, represent the university properly, that I need to basically share that with another 499,000 students to give me a, a grand total of a $3.99 check? 
while you sit there and basically still make another make three times that amount you're not going to want to do it but the uneducated uninformed unprepared will continue to do these things so that's why i said again it ain't about each individual athlete they don't care about your athletes like i said when you look at every one of these major power five programs without these athletes these things won't exist but if you look at all their different um headers right now they all got together in a meeting big 10 acc sec this goes back to the insurance policies this goes back to all these different things so when they tell you to trust the process these same people tell you to trust the process doing everything under their sun to keep you the 279,000 men the 500,000 student athletes as a whole basically chasing a free education that you said you're getting which is not free education people don't understand scholarships and financial aid that's a whole nother topic but at the same time <laughs> when you get to the, the nitty-gritty of it the bottom line is, is that it has been too easy for too long for people so once again when the nfl realized their players you mentioned patrick mahomes you got players right now you got coaches in the nfl are not returning to their actual sites until mm-hmm. training camp starts but you got eight players in Alabama right now, unnamed, that got the coronavirus, and you're going to send them home to their family. Would you asking parents right now? And again, I'm going to put this out there. So when everybody talk about volunteering, it's not a volunteer when coach calls mom and say, mom, can you get players A, B, C, and D to come to this actual facility? It's not a volunteer when you actually say, show up, and we don't know if I get sick, if I tear my ACL, is the school going to cover my actual injury? Mm. That is that is because not voluntary. That is exploitation. That is mis that's manipulation. Like manipulation. That is yeah. basically trying to avoid being litigated against. And these yeah. same parents who don't feel like they have a voice are being pushed to do these things. Because again, out of those five, well, let's say men. Let's take men's sports. You got two hundred and seventy nine thousand players that believe they're going pro when only two thousand seven hundred ninety are. Where's the plan for the other two hundred and 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 uh fifty sixty seventy thousand? They don't have any. They never had. Mm. Like I said, again, that's us chasing our tail. And so the reality is, again, it's not going to be the NCAA. It's not going to be the NIL. It's not going to be the Knights Commission. It's going to be the educated family and parent and realize that, look, you don't want to take care of my son's insurance. You don't want to help him build his name and image and likeness. I understand in football specifically that I can get injured. So for that reason, since you don't want to pay me, I'll wait. Mm. NFL over there waiting. I can go over to Australia. I can do all these different things. I'm not going to sit back here like Zion and go to the NBA and all of a sudden now you're talking team, you're talking family and all those other things on the sun. Now Zion being super 100 million because he don't understand the business. And Duke that ain't speaking up at all for him. They're not speaking. Coach K not speaking. No one is speaking. But Zion now is being vilified with his family for something that at the end of the day should have been happening 35, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. NCAA had nothing to say about it. Like I said again, I got a phone call placed at the NCAA 20 years ago about and again let me get on this real quick hbcus <laughs> is no different than division one division two three the ncaa Uh-oh. umbrella is the same there are people in hbcus who try to not tell you about in-state and out-of-state tuition scholarship versus loans players mm-hmm. not reading and understanding contracts in-state tuition i'm going to split this scholarship up and put it between two people out-of-state guy, you get in the scholarship, so you think you come to find out 17 years later from the from the Department of Education, it was a loan. That mm-hmm. guy no longer there. NCAA still ain't picking up that call. You in debt right now. Same mm-hmm. thing when it comes to these Division One books. If you don't turn this back in how it affects your credit score. None of these things are being taught in the, in the educational system that at the end of the day, they're telling you it's free. Again, I've been saying for years, and, you, and it's on tape. 
vote. You could talk about all these different things under the sun. Nick Saban said in 2016, he didn't know there was an election going on. We're supposed to believe that. The highest state paid employee in the state of Alabama. In the state of Alabama. That is getting killed, but you keep sending your kids there. And the reality is, again, so now all of a sudden, here's Ed Oderon. We're going to go vote. Oh, because what? I said it? You've been doing this for years because we're all of a sudden made you change your tune. So once again, the way we try to basically put these guys on the pedestal about how great they are. Like I said, again, if you really want to find out how great a team is, just check their birth certificates. Don't mm. talk to me about Dallas. Don't talk to me about Nick Saban. Don't talk to me about Ezra like Oderon. Talk to me about Joe Burrow being on the same team Older than Lamar. And, 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 and Michael Thomas at Ohio State. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about how Lamar Jackson's a league MVP and he's younger than Joe Burrow. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about how Baker Mayfield was 23 years old. When I said on your show, he was the number one overall pick. And no one yeah. on the worldwide leader said that at all. Yeah. I understand this business. I work for the athlete. I understand what's going on. But the voice that, again, that these athletes, whether it's Marvin Wilson and Ella in, in, in uh, Florida State right now, when you lie on these players and these families, it's consequences for that. And then like anything else in this country, the consequences is the bottom line. Again, mm. when you, no different than Starbucks yesterday, if you don't value the dollar as the African-American, we are the number one consumers in the world. If you don't recognize that, you don't understand the business. So because you don't understand business, at the end of the day, if you, Coach ABC and D, are working against the same athlete's best interest that is giving you a life like Chris Doyle to make $800,000 to do some of these things that you do that at some point soon, all those voices are going to be heard. And when they be heard, it's not going to be Iowa that is guilty for these actual transactions and these things they've been doing. As a former athlete, I will say this to everybody. I'm in a suit and tie, not because of the university I went to. I'm in a suit and tie because of the garbage can that hit me in my head. I'm in a suit and tie because of the coach that grabbed me by my face mask when I wasn't doing nothing to sit there minding my business. I'm in a suit and tie because the agent that I signed with didn't tell me what I wanted to know, and what I needed to know, but what I wanted to hear. That's why I'm in a suit and tie. Because I figured that out young enough to know that nothing that I did that put money in their pockets ever came back to get me to where I wanted to be. But now that I understand that, I'm going to make sure, we're going to make sure that the next generation of athletes are educated on these things. You, there's no such thing as being a successful overnight millionaire. So if you're going mm -hmm. to a school of higher education and you don't know how to vote, you're not registered to vote, and yet at the same time you don't understand the tax code, but yet you spend 17 years putting money in somebody else's pocket through your work, only to have somebody come to you as an agent and tell you, who works for you, what you're going to pay them. <laughs> what other profession they do to that? <laughs> oh, that's right. The person who told me to trust the process told me to go work with this agent. So yeah. this whole thing about trust the process has really worked in my benefit. Never, never has, never will. So you must invest in yourself, not the industry, to get where you want to be in this situation. So what's your thoughts on USC and Reggie Bush? What's your thoughts my, on my, all these schools who pay these players and then this is themselves when the heat come on if everything's supposed to be family and loyalty that's why i always say there's no loyalty in sports because duke is showing you there's no loyalty they're not going to try to back zion they're going to act like they didn't know what was going on when Red they went out yeah 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 i'm back man i don't know what happened but everything went black right when we was getting to the nitty-gritty but we back you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, let me get right. Hey, man.
you know that you know that happens to me all the time. Yo, I was just like, yo, what the world? Hey, they nah. You know, you talking to me. As I go past five minutes, they got I say all types of clothes like Uh oh. What's going on? There we go, yeah. Like, here we go again. So, nah. It, it, they still freezing you up, bro. Hey, Robin. That we are right now. Can you hear me? Yeah, it, it, it's coming okay. back. They trying to they trying to make you chop the screw right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 how it works. Um. Well, we there won't we get muzzled. We will get it right. So yeah. So so but before before we got cut off, I want to ask you about USC and Reggie Bush. That situation. How they how they you know getting back together now. I look at the Reggie Bush situation the same way I look at the uh, Tucker. Time for everything, meaning it was a yeah. it was a fumble back then, but it wasn't the time to be a fumble. But then now it's a tough fumble again. So with Reggie Bush and what happened and what went down, and there's so many people that's still in this industry that, again, Reggie Bush, no different than Zion. So if Zion say he did take some money, right now, based off how these things set up and saying that, oh, he said, yeah, I took some money. First of all, for those of you to understand, it's not a crime for Zion to take money. NCAA being eligible, what they're going to do like they did with Reggie Bush, they're going to vacate games. But to try to vilify a young man who was six foot seven who went through the entire circuit who made money for McDonald's, made money for Duke, made money for all the ESPN TVs, high school yep. games, coaches, Nike, everybody around there collected off Zion. And now they want to basically vilify Zion, but basically him and possibly his parent getting compensated for it. That's why the NCAA need to come to an end. And like I said to you before, it's not going to be the industry. It's going to be the actual parent and the athlete to understand their actual true value and worth. Because at the end of the day, if Zion just said, you know what, I'm going to be in the league anyway, regardless of the fact. No different than James Wiseman is taking a step to the side when it comes to um, the University of Memphis. How'd that work out for Penny Hardaway? Is he a less of a coach now? No. Like I said, all these different things that without the actual athlete, none of these things exist. So again, with Reggie Bush coming back, Reggie Bush is a face and a name that that that's a folklore from that. But despite what USC says, Reggie Bush won the Heisman. Despite what uh, the NCAA says, Reggie Bush was the best player in college football. Despite what anybody else said, Reggie Bush was a name before names even had in college. Mm. And Pete Carroll had generated, uh, uh, benefited greatly off of it. Pete Carroll is not writing Reggie Bush a check now. He should be. And Reggie Bush, unfortunately, and it's sad to say, is that he said on an article on his, on his interviews that if he knew what he knew now. Think about that. I'm educated, but I don't know what I know now. So my time when I was in USC regarding his finances, regarding his pro career, all these same people that basically ready to jump up in front of you and tell you what they did for this person and this person and that person. Every athlete that I know has been through a saying the same thing. If I only knew. Well, who do we charge with that actual uh, crime? If I am a, let's say for example, if I'm a quarterback and I'm looking to say I'm, I'm trying to go to the National Football League and I want to say, you know what, I'm going to be a top rated guy and I'm going to be drafted in the top five. Well, how do we make that decision? Is it based off of the uniform? Is it based off the slogan, the team, the team, the team, of those that will stay will be champions? Well, I'm looking at him a business perspective. How many players that play quarterback for Jim Harbaugh has been drafted high in the NFL? If you go back to with Nick Saban situation prior to well, this year. Hold on, they're going to say, they gonna say, they gonna say, they gonna say Andrew Luck. 
Okay, again, again, had nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> benefited greatly off Andrew Luck. Yeah. Where, is Jim, where is Andrew Luck right now? Going back to Tua in Alabama. If Tua did not get injured when he got injured, and again, he hasn't even played yet. So the reality is, although Tua was number five, any person in this industry that knows the sport knows Tua would not have been number five. The 23-year-old Joe Burrow who played with um, Mike Thomas and Elliott, who got beat out by Dwayne Haskins, who everybody says is not good, mm. would not have been the number one overall pick. It would have been Tua. But because Tua went back to Alabama and let his coach convince him that risking millions for hats and T-shirts and rings is in his best interest, Tua fell to five. So from one to five in the NFL is at least about $12 million if not more. Can't get that back. You can't never this get is a it back. Career. You, you can never get money back. Go and get your education if you will, a true education. But you have a window on your body to play a certain sport. And the NCAA has made a living off of basically having athletes risk their all to give them their all and their bodies and minds for a short amount of time for cotton t-shirts and aluminum rings. That is about the dumbest thing you can ever do in a history of business in any profession. And for everybody to continue to perpetuate that at the end of the day, tell me exactly who they are. Sports trafficking. Mm. Those people. So when you think you're making the decision, it's not really your decision. It's because pastor and youth football coaches getting some of that bonus money they don't want to pay you, that coaches want to shovel out and dish out, take a couple of shots and pictures on Instagram to make you feel good about yourself. Now I understand because I went through this route myself. You know, when I'm an athlete from the hood and I feel like the only way I'm going to make it out is, is, is through entertainment and sports. I'm going to do whatever somebody tell me to get there. And when you say in terms like trust the process with no basis behind it, then you have the situation you have at the University of Iowa and so forth. Athletes out there feeling like I'm going to do what they tell me to do because at the end of the day, they said to trust the process. They said if I come here that I'm going to I'm loyal go, too. I'm I want to be loyal. 79,000 people that are going to make it to pros when only 255 is going to be drafted in the NFL yeah. this year. And a lot of you pick only 40 guys are going to be drafted. Yet I'm going to be a part of the other 99% that generate billions to have you call me out my name, to disrespect, to do racial things to me that you won't do to, your, the, to the same kid that's in the same position to me but happens to be another race. Yeah. And then when I call somebody to say, hey, this is not right, you vilified me. Oh, you're just mad because you didn't. I'm going to say this to every fan base is watching right now and so you guys can understand that you guys continue to vilify these athletes and these families. Your, your success is based on one thing, the athlete, nothing else. You want to believe as a coach, tune in at 2 o'clock and see how that works out. So when you keep vilifying these young men that are putting their bodies in line for t-shirts and a crappy training table that you call world class, when they decide and when we start to basically document all the things that you guys say, trying to make them feel inadequate, to create their mental health anguish and situations, to make their family feel nervous and worried about their future, and then at the end of the day, to send you back home with that one teacher in that ring, they're going to, as I said, next coach up, next university up. And that's just the facts. So I'm not telling parents and athletes at the end of the day that you should basically just disregard whatever, but you must understand that this entire industry in sports is a business. If you don't learn the business, the business of corporate America, the business of um speaking correctly, communication, professional development, understanding financial management, understanding transition succession, understanding all these different things that we teach here and provide at pre-post game, then you're set up for failure because somebody going to wait for you to show up. They're going to wait for you to get to the point after you spent those 18 years, you're about to become a successful millionaire. Then you're going to have those girls in the IG account 
You're going to have those guys trying to sell you jets. You're going to have those guys that ain't trying to sell you jewelry. You're going to have those guys trying to sell you fake stocks and bonds. You're going to have those guys taking pictures with head coaches in the NFL telling you they financial advisors. They're not certified. And you don't even know where to begin because you're so used to trusting the process. Hmm. You got to invest in yourself, not the industry. Wow. My dog just dropped a lot of Jews out here, man. And that's why I always tell folks when they throw around loyalty, you know, when they get mad of a player that's trying to transfer or they get mad because the player chose this school and not that school. And where's the loyalty? Why isn't this player doing this and doing that? You said in the last video that makes you think if you're voluntary coming to work out for this pandemic, for COVID-19, and you're taking all these precautionary measures to make sure that nobody else getting affected while you're working on the weight room, yada, yada, and you do have an injury, they can essentially say, hey, that was a voluntary workout. We didn't mandate it. They're not going to. They're going, they're going to. It's not if. If you're not named Trevor Lawrence and you don't want to be shamed, mm. you're not going to get it picked. They don't have That's to cover that injury. In yeah. Play, it take, you got 100 players on the roster, and they only going to do what's right by one to two. But mm-hmm. they need the other other 98% to operate. And those other 98% are sacrificing their bodies and minds. Now, you mentioned the transfer portal. So let me address that really quick for those people who don't understand what goes on for a lot of these guys. So as you hear on TV and these coaches vilify players about making commitments and doing certain things. It goes all the way back to the National Letter of Intent, where it's a one-way document that they use to basically say, once I recruit you to get you to sign, because it has nothing to do with your scholarship, really, financial aid. It's simply to say that if once I get you to sign this, I no longer have to worry about spending money to come talk to you and lie in your living yeah. I now could take a job elsewhere, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So that's a legal document that's not actually being presented by an independent third party that's going to basically represent and help the athlete, the parent, understand their best interests. Secondly, if these coaches, again, I talked about financial aid, because, again, a financial aid is a subsidy where the government gets paid or pays the schools to have you there based off your income. As a parent, there's not a parent in the NCAA that's not filled out an actual form for financial aid. That's why the biggest deal that they made about these parents getting these kids to go be on a rowing team, it wasn't because that they, they literally did a huge crime. It was because they were rich people that were using financial aid because these kids cannot play the sport. Hmm. So scholarships are technically for there with those who are poor to play a sport to generate revenue. Yeah. And they were rich and they could generate revenue. So how can they be on scholarship? It don't add up. So again, we talk about what some of these coaches do behind the scenes when they no longer want you there and they want to take your financial aid and give it to someone else. They'll start to berate you. They'll start to talk bad about you. They start to make you feel inadequate. They'll start doing certain things like, we're going to get this play right today. They toss the ball right to you. Get the yeah. ball right. Yeah. Perfect play. It's called perfect play. Do it again. Perfect play. Do it again. Yeah. Perfect play. No, do it again. Yeah. 10 times you let 11 men run after me in my helmet and do bodily harm to my body. Because you said as a coach, it wasn't a perfect play. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a physical beating because you don't want to tell me you don't want me to be there. You want me to get up and tell you I don't want to be there anymore. So I end up in the transfer portal and they go tell the world that I'm not committed. Mm. Trust the facts, not the hey, process. Did you see the question right here by CG? He said, so is it a big move if major black student athletes start to make a move to HBCUs even under the NCAA umbrella? I'm going to say this again. All of these schools, 
are <laughs> operate under the same processes. And again, if I'm an athlete making a business decision, a business decision, because I actually played at HBC, so I can speak to this and I work with people in that scenario. Okay. The facilities are inadequate. Bottom line. If I'm an athlete at that level and I'm trying to go pro, it is in my best business decision to go where the actual uh, criteria meets my level of need expectation. Yeah. Don't put me on no mud field and say to go play on that field just because it's the HBCU because they operate under the same premise as a Division One school. Yeah. Same thing. At the end of the day, if you're not going to really give me the proper coaching that I need, then you need to go get the proper coach to teach. Don't come in and tell me that I'm just happy to be here at HBCU if you don't put the time in to really give me the quality of education and training that I need to go where I need to go. Yep. And like I said, again, at the end of the day, it's a business. They can go to HBCU, but if the HBCUs are not providing them the right opportunity, financial situation, and resources, then it does not matter. But again, I know this to be a fact that these HBCUs will get players to come down there, but they're not doing anything saying like, you know what, let's, let's get more facilities going. Let's, mm-hmm. Oh, and they might say, well, we would do that if we got more athletes. Well, it ain't about the athlete coming in. It's about you going out into the TV advertising and the marketing and you doing the job you need to do convince these kids to come there. Don't put this on these kids. Go out there and tell uh, uh, Amazon why they should come sponsor you as an HBCU. But once they get to your campus in that field when it rained about for for half an hour and it's full of mud, cancel that. They're not bringing them TVs there. ESPN not coming down there. So you got to understand it's a business for everybody. So when I said before parents, get away from these coaches coming telling telling what you want to hear, what you need to know. If a coach is willing to tell you something and he's not willing to put it in writing, if he's not willing to go down to the bank and get it uh, uh, notarized, if they're not willing to stand what they're saying, then obviously going to keep it moving. Because there's some of you guys that really control your power, and at the end of the day, they really move this forward. Mm. You have to say, you know what? I have to move my worth. What like I said before about the actual name, image, and likeness, the NCAA and the schools and the coaches in your living room today are blatantly right in front of your face without understanding, trying to devalue your worth. Putting shield over your face now putting the number 19 or 20 per the year still using your body though still letting you run out there and do all these different things and about a couple of minutes Kirk Ferentz a 60 year old African American is going to bring three African Americans out there to speak for him yeah so my man e, so he was a leader man he got a question he said how do you feel HBCUs trying or trying not to recruit the top players I, I get that question a yeah. lot and, and a lot of I mean what you say no, go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah, I w- I'm just, you know, when it comes to the recruiting, look, we all know this, man. It's about resources and resources and wooing. Can you afford to woo the same as that PWI who got a bigger budget? It's no different than trying to be an artist. No different than oh, trying oh, to oh, 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 Take it there. Take it there. First of all, educate your, educate your audience. What is recruiting? Tell them what you it know, is. Re- does not skip past you selling, that, you you're selling the car. You selling the car. You what are you selling? selling? What are you're selling. You're selling your. You're, you're selling your used around. car a lot. These are my Be cars specific. on my lot. Right, I'm, but how does that work? What kind of car? Oh, they yeah. got thick legs. The car huh? got thick legs. Yeah. The car. The, car, the cars have um um eight percent alcohol. The cars have uh the, the, the top grade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey. So again, explain to. To the parents who are not on these recruiting trips, you talking about making an, an business decision, how informed it really is. Yeah. Because when you talk about how much money goes into this stuff, 
when they're giving the financial aid money to go to the other recruit to take them out in the town. What do you think is happening? You think they go into the chemistry building? Talking about what degree they came out with? Yeah. No, it's not what's happening. So, And that's because you don't have a third party in there that knows what's what to help mm-hmm. you get to the point where you need to be. You go, you're, sell, you're, you're, you're basically selling a kid through sex, drugs, and alcohol. And then when a coach steps up and protects the guy that got high three times under your drug policy, he feels entitled, he feels indentured to not to do whatever you tell him to do going forward. Because you now made him feel like, well, you know what? I didn't tell anybody you failed three drug tests. Hell, I was high when I came here. You knew that. But you didn't stop you from getting that bonus. Yep. So at the end of the day, it's it's a business that uneducated 17 to 19 to 20 year olds dealing with 45-year-old used car salesmen mm-hmm. exploiting your talents for a certain amount of time, and no one in the NCAA or, or the college sports can tell you, hey, I was having a press conference at 2 o'clock. This is the question I want to know. Regardless, after the last three years of your actual teams, how many of those players that left your school with three or four years that are not playing in the NFL basically have jobs making six to seven figures? Where are they now? Hmm. Based on what you said to them, three years ago Hmm. if you can't produce that information don't come back into my living room tell me what you're going to do for my son because there's a lot of athletes right now in Iowa right now that are mentally distraught and can't even go into society with their mind up and their head held high based on how those same people who made millions of dollars off of their back won't even stand up for them they vilify Yeah. Uh, let me see my man CG said so let's say Nate Tabor, four-star basketball player, going and signing the state, possibly Kuminga going, won't bring TV deals. Here's my thing about TV deals, and Rob touched on it, how TV deals and contracts, like it's a contract. It's a length of it. So it just depends on it's, – it's all about timing. If, and most of the time, they re-up before you even get close to being done. So when we talk about TV deals and HBCUs, you know, if, if you can get these – big time recruits to come they only stay in a year so like he said you got to go sell to amazon yeah. or whoever like hey they're gonna come here and it's gonna be packed like you gotta sell it period because they they may wait and then give you a couple of time slots but you gotta make sure that you're successful like everything is a hustle like you gotta hustle them that you could hustle these players to come here and say hey forget the facilities we'll do this for you because i always say this and I always catch flack for this, and you touched on this. I grew up in a poverty area. You can't ask me to go to a, a Clemson or a Virginia or a Duke or one of these schools and see how the dorms is, how the lay of the land is, and how they travel, because they fly me by jet also. And then you tell me to drive up with somebody or to bus up with somebody. And then I see your facilities, and you telling me as a young man. And they take you to the they take you to the calf. They take it and to, it and better be on Sunday. Yeah, and then you tell me as a, on Sunday. You tell me as a young man to no. take this to be the change to make and, and and to take this risk. We like we gotta sometimes as adults we gotta realize that we are asking an adolescent to do something that we wouldn't even want to do. Because as soon as we get money, what do we do? We move out of our current situation, and we usually upgrade our home, upgrade the neighborhood. What you think that kid doing when he going to college? I'm sorry. It was like a no-brainer. I was just like, I love my, you know, like, I grew up in this. I'm tired of this. 
I want to see how that is. Because as you said, ain't no guarantee I'm going pro. So I want to at least say for four to five years, I live like this. And, and so again, understanding that, if an athlete understands that going in, you're generating billions. There is no athlete and parent that not know their worth to say, you know what, hold up a second. Especially talking in football. It's not guaranteed that I go pro. But I know how much money I'm generating for this actual school. It's a fact that in, in the NCAA, out of the 13 scholarship basketball players, each one, doesn't matter, the Power Five bring approximately about $2.5 million to the school per year. Hmm. $2.5 million, no matter what, what you do. Again, if I wanted to go become, be a, a, a physicist at 35 years old, I could take the money I made in that one year and go to get a college education then. But the people that keep saying that, oh, they get a free education, are those All Lives Matter group of people that literally have the biggest <laughs> issue that African-American. Now, let me get on this one real quick. I I'm going to tie. I'm going to tie. I want everybody to understand this. Two things. Three things. I'm sorry. You got to know. Watch out for the people that say, I lost all respect for you. Those undercut <laughs> races. Why they lost all respect is because the respect they have for you to do is in their best interest, in your plight, to, do, to, to, to devalue your wants and needs for theirs. That's why they respect you. So they may be racist, but they don't even understand that. That's racist. Number two, the actual um, um, what's that? What's that crowd? The crowd that says that all lives matter. Again, all lives matter. Again, till something that happens to an African American athlete, then or person, period. Then all of a sudden, they don't got the same type of uh, energy behind what they're trying to say. Mm. They're taking away from what happened to me to bring it back to you again. That goes along with how the actual coaches operate in that situation. That's why they say the team, the team, the team. Till you get hurt, then they'll say next man up. So you went from part of the team, no team has ever cut a player, no team has ever signed a contract, no team has told a running back who signed a nine-year, eight-year extension to come back year in and year out to take a pay cut to help pay somebody else's bill. Oh, he killed him. He killed him. But, but, but everybody want to continue to tell these athletes that they should know their place and know their role and do this and do that. What we know is going back to Missouri a few years back when the racial situation was going on with the, the young man who wasn't on a football team where Missouri is only is only about 5% African-American people in the state of Missouri at that time, and then at that school, I should say, but 60% are African-American athletes. When the team found out what was going on at that school and they didn't make no change, nothing, the players found out about that. And then they found out and they said, if we don't get this, if this president doesn't do something, he don't resign by the end of this week. Mm. A team that was like ranked number 10 in the SEC said, we're not playing this week. This president of the school was there for 30 years. Before the football team got involved, people ignored those cries. The kid was sitting there. He wasn't eating. Feces had swastikas all around. Nobody said nothing. That day, before that game came up, the coach that was there said, what am I supposed to do? If, if they don't play for me, I don't eat. I stand mm. with my players. Mm. They knew their worth. They yeah. knew their value. The NCAA, the president of the school, don't think he did that on his own. That was saying, hey, we cannot let these power, these kids understand the real value that they yeah. provide. Even though it's Missouri. Even though it's Missouri. Shut this down. Yeah. But they, at the end of the day, they like to throw that term out there, allow. The NCAA only allows what you allow them to do. <laughs> and that's why I've been in this business for to say. The NCAA didn't allow me to end up on this loan that this HBCU told me was a scholarship. So I still got my my sights on that person too. But at the end of the day, say that one more time. Say still, that one more time. Repeat the loan and the scholarship. I said that this 
this coach, this coach from an HBU told me it was a scholarship happened to be a loan. Because if you understand the documents from the actual HBCUs, financial aid and loans and Pell Grants, they get kind of mixed up. And as African-American athletes, we're, nobody's sitting there walking through each fine line about how we do it. Sign, they stand over your shoulder yep. with a shadow over your head. Mm-hmm. Sign here. They close the door, almost like soundproof. Yeah. And they basically beat on your neck till you get that signature. As soon as you sign, slide the paper off, slide it off, slide it off. Yeah. Never to be seen again. What you sign? Oh, that was my scholarship. Mm-mm. What is a scholarship? Financial aid. It's a loan. I don't know. You'll find out later from the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. But who you won't call is NCAA because they won't pick up the phone. But HBCUs or Division One, two, three, or four. So whatever you may say is like you have to understand what you're getting into. That's why my company is set up to do what we do. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, none of these acts, whether you want to understand it or not, if you don't understand corporate America, you don't understand business, you are you are doomed. And that's the system. So again. NFL puts two hundred fifty million in. NCAA says, "Come volunteer with a pandemic. Come volunteer." Third party resource. Volunteer with a pandemic. Again, you gotta know your worth. Hey, if I'm just Trevor like, Lawrence. I ain't nowhere near Clemson right now. Just, just like you said, when that head coach from Iowa go up there and talk, we've been in this situation. If somebody from the football office say, "Hey, coach, about to do a press conference as a leader, we want you to stand with them." Think he, right. I think that leader can really say no. He can say right. no. Trust me, they, you can say no, but it's a rhetorical question. Because that kid has no type of resources and no type of support, and that kid is going to get bullied. He's going to get manipulated. He's going to get, get, get killed. Get. Just like, he's just like, one that's hey, think of this. I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to go a step further, and people ain't going to like this. With everything that's going Tell on, him. I'm pretty sure – some somebody's going to try to try to get players to sign a waiver to just play regardless, because it's going to cost a lot of money to get all these players tested for COVID week in and week out and perform and generate this revenue for a university. A waiver is going to be presented as in you're young, you're super men and women, play. Think right. of the kids who not who say nah. Ask yourself why are they playing? Ask yourself why are they playing? Yeah, well, you can answer that. It's why did you? Play? Why did I play? It's a simple question, a simple answer. Why'd you play? What were you doing it for? <laughs> hey. the coach? No, hell no, I was doing it for the coach. That's my thing. You go there. You go. It wasn't. It was because I came from a social economic yeah. standing where I didn't have anything, and I felt like I had to do whatever I had to do. And the people that told you to trust the process were telling you that if you do what they say, you will be there. Yeah, and then as soon as you sign your name, they will kick you in your back. Everybody has a personal <laughs> agenda, man. That's why I always tell folks: stop saying somebody's selfish. Everybody's selfish in this business, from the head coach to the like. Everybody's doing something to benefit their profession. If you if you perform at a high level, the coach is going to benefit with bonuses and things of that nature. He got damn. He got a car that he drives from a dealership because they got a good yeah yeah head coaches and coaches. They drive cars that a dealership. We'll have agreement with them. Then he got drive their they own. Got, they got tra- they got trademarks too. Trademarks like Dabo, but for their name that Dabo don't want them to have. So when it comes to a player sitting out because they want to mess up their future earnings, now the player is selfish. 
But the coach that's telling this player, hey, stop being soft and play. Why? Because that soft player can help you generate more wins. It ain't about encouraging. It ain't about inspiring. It's about I need my best tools to help me pump this walking resume every day to be secure. Like Nick Saban, secure forever. But if you're a quarterback, why would you go to Alabama? Right. He never did anything. And then you got hurt without having an insurance policy. So all the money that they brought in and drive every day of the week, they let him go in there and have his hip torn off the bone and tell him how, you, how how wonderful he is. That's the problem when it comes to business. Only in this sport, particularly predominantly African-American, that we willing to take the fame while yeah. everybody else make the fortune. Yep. I want both. If yeah. I'm generating both, I deserve both. I don't need I don't need a licensing agreement tell somebody that, that. They can split what I did yeah, around 297,000 people. Yeah. That is, again, to keep down in certain areas. That's not capitalism. That's not that's not corporation building. Yeah. That's not teaching you how to build your own infrastructure and to invest in yourself. That's teaching yeah. you how to be a part of the field, a field yeah. that literally can never get ahead, a field that can never truly be educated, a, a field that literally will work to the bone to their knees fall off because they've never been able to do anything to build and grow themselves at yeah. every level. Yeah. So, like I said, don't forget those coaches, though, and literally during those bowl games when those players get those season career-ending injuries that once they win that bowl game, they take the job elsewhere, they come in and speech, tell them, I'll miss you guys and cry, and go back, take their next gimmick, row, row, row your boat, row, row, row your boat. He was rowing his boat in one color one week, like rowing his boat the next week, and no one has nothing to say about it at the end of the day, but those same athletes who went out there in that bowl game tore an ACL, draft stock fell. Own university ain't cutting that kid no check. Hey, how can we never thoughts and prayers? Do you ever realize, like, don't nobody ever say nothing about these coaches being disloyal when they interviewing during the year? That's the point. That's why I mentioned sports trafficking. These jobs don't come up all of a sudden. They have what they call people that are doing this speaking yeah. behind the scenes. And like I said again, it's this the whole really time you know you're leaving. <laughs> right. The only time you do the realest way to put this in perspective. Said no one is watching this video right now is saying I'm willing to work 19 years. Like say, so you work 19 years, you're gonna put food on my back for my, and my table for 19 years. Like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna work and, and work for 19 years to put food in your back. Only for me to possibly get a return on my investment of 2.5 years. But again, so after the 19 years of investing, of running and training and spending money, now I'm gonna have somebody who I ain't never seen before come tell my parent, thanks, appreciate you getting your son here. Yeah, Mr. Agent. Matter of fact, now let me sell him to you. Yeah, let me sell him to you. We pay you because of the things that I worked 19 years to get to. I still have no understanding because I was told to trust the process, one that was never taught to me. And now, when I'm trusting that process, as I sell him to you, you're telling me now I'm going to pay you this amount of money. But where am I getting drafted? Is it the first pick overall? Is it the seventh round? I don't know. So, but I'm going to sign a document saying I'm going to pay you a percentage. Not a flappy, not an actual number, an open-ended number of percentage. If I'm the first pick or the 254th pick, that that is makes good business in my decision. So now I think after I do that, what happens going forward, I'm going to be set up for success in that type of business model. It is absolutely impossible. The same way it's impossible to say if that same person representing you didn't explain that there's an $18,000 to $19,000 in TikTok NFL, NFL PA dues per year, while you're recruiting me, tell me what my expenses are prior to. So if I know I got to pay $19,000, I'm the first pick overall or the 254th pick overall. 
If I don't get to that third year in the NFL as a seventh round pick or undrafted free agent, I don't get that. I'm not vested. So the no. NFL is not going to pay my 401k. NFL is nope. not going to pay my medical. Not going to nope. do that. So why am I spending $19,000 as a six round pick yeah. a year when I don't get the same benefits as the person that's the first round pick? This is not being taught in college. This is not being taught to these coaches. This is not being taught by the agents. This is not being taught by anybody else. I do know who does teach it, though. We teach it. So at the end of the day, the reality is when I say investing yourself, not the industry, yeah. you will be a fool to take that actual process in place. That process has been in place for so long, and so many people have made so much money at on the backs and the anguish and the pain and racism of these actual African-Americans. As if no one wanted to talk about check. Again, they got the word, next man up. What does that make you feel like as a human being when something happened to me after I put 19 years in something yeah. and you do this to me and you come with the next man up? That's slap in the face. I'm saying next culture. I never I say next culture. I never use that next man up stuff when somebody get injured. Hell no. Because that man ain't like the man we just lost. You're That's right. why I never use but they want it. You to be, they want you internally in your head to devalue yourself. It's a hey man, you better you better maintain what he did. That's what you better. But my man Steve got a question, man. He said, Is there a divide between football and basketball players and other sports when it comes to this argument? Those other sports don't bring in the money, but they are offered scholarships and are required as athletes to put in the work. Hard question. Should students be recruited if they can't make the grade? Are we just talking about student athletes that aren't leaving with a useful degree? Steve, let me tell you something. If you can play ball good, no matter what sport, even if you're a box of rocks, they're going to find a way to get you in school. And that's a great question. It ain't, look. Steve, watch, watch, the, watch the program, Steve. It's time for the program, too. I want to start. Um, oh, Y'all yeah. don't know what the program was. It was done by Omar Epps back yeah. in 1993. There you that's go. Real, real, but it's gotten a lot deeper than that since then. Um, because yeah. now you're talking about things like insurance, talking about things like females talking about like autograph signings like there's so many things that go into this scenario where that, that the industry is literally exploiting these athletes at all these different levels and again as kids when you make mistakes you're going to make mistakes but the mistakes that they make is set up to basically extort them for their silence that's why mm. i was so big about what's going on in this iowa story that again a parent and athlete said i'm no longer going to be silent again the guy had a way to say you know what i was wrong i made a mistake i should have done better and move on but yep. the arrogance and the audacity to say you're not, not aware. Again, <laughs> why you got three African-American athletes out there speaking? When you should have your entire uh, 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 staff out there, your football staff, your training staff, everybody who's out there should have to face the media based on what happened there. It should not be the African-American athlete that now got to stand in front of you. They've done that enough. And at the end of the day, now you're showing your true colors based off what you said, not what, they, not what the players said. And I got a question for you. I don't know if I asked you this or we talked about it on my show, but Kyler Murray, right? Baseball player, football player, chose football. But when he came, when he when he came out of high school and he got drafted and stuff, he got money from them, right? For the uh, baseball? Yeah. No, nah, they money. offered it to him, but he had to make a decision. Okay, I, for some so reason I thought he got like a bonus. I thought he got a bonus or something. And no, they was they were saying that he would give him five million if he basically decided to choose baseball or football. Oh, okay. um, but he did. So that was it. That was their contract to accept that. Okay, all right. So he didn't receive money. All right, because I was about to ask, like, damn, how was he able? But he had an agent though. 
Yeah, oh, no. baseball, baseball have reg different regulations and hockey oh, have different regulations. Oh, you can have, yeah, okay. So that's, again, and that's what I wanted that's you to talk about. Story. Yeah. That's a whole that's story. I wanted you to say that, though. Again, racism, <laughs> racism, again, you have rules for players that are predominantly Caucasian versus players that generate all the revenue that are black. You got a rule saying you got to be in school for three years at a certain time. And then at the same time, for players that are like in high school, they can basically come right out as as, as in first year and be in playing farm system. And just like the Olympics, most Olympic athletes that happen to be non-African-American, they can receive compensation. So once again, until the parent starts saying, one of these guys like Zion, if Zion knew what he knew now, if he knew what he knew now, I don't know. If anybody knows Zion, he really want to get properly represented, have him you know, contact us. And with those people that say, oh, he has an agent, that's a violation. I'm not an agent, so let's not hey. make that mistake. And I, mean, I got Management advice. And I don't mean to cut you all. My man Forrest just... Gave me epiphany. You could go play minor league baseball, get paid, and then go back to college yes. and play football. You could do. You could play any sport and get paid, and then go back to college. Again, that's why I said but, again the reality. Well, you remember they had an issue with Lamelo. Remember they had an issue with Lamelo Ball going overseas and still trying to get back into the university, but he ain't got to go to school no more because he's gonna be a top three pick. Again, show me the education that everybody claimed that you get. Show me the six-figure corporate CEO. I do know LaMelo Ball is now, I mean, um, LiAngelo Ball is now part owner of a team that he played for before even going to the NBA lottery. I do know he left high school, and I do know he didn't play for the NCAA. So even though I don't involve, uh, you know, agree with a lot of LaVar Ball's rhetoric in a certain scenario, what I do know is that he has at least two players that are going to be top five in the NBA. Call it what you want. And he made the, the G League step their game up. And he made the G that, League step their game up. He, he did, did that. He made the G League step the game up. But, with the, but again, with, no, he didn't make it. What made it was his sons decided to invest in themselves and going overseas and taking yeah, them yeah, dollars to another yeah. country. But, but what I'm saying yeah. is he had, he, he was like, he was on to something and they saw he was on to something. They was like, nah, we can't wait for the next non- you know, he, he could be like he's a prick to them. So they was like they got away with it because he was a prick. But let a savvy guy came came would have came in with that same type of attitude. They would have been in for a world of hurt because he, he I was know on a lot side. of CEOs and a lot of different businesses. And being a, being a CEO and being a prick go hand in hand. Yeah, it I do. happen to be one. Oh, many successful people, people are even, pricks. Many people think I'm a people, gotta got, be. people think I'm a prick. But you again, gotta be a prick. I, I am a prick about what I'm passionate about exactly, and what I'm actually bro. doing. So, exactly. so the last thing that I'll say on that is that I mentioned, I forgot to mention this part. I need to address the the, the, the media, the athletic media, like to throw terms out, like the term bust. Because that's another like systemic racist type of word that basically like to disparage African-Americans that are between 19 and 22 years old, 23 years old, that happen to accomplish something that put them in a percentage, a small percent in the entire world to generate hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. Because that athlete doesn't stand go up to the standard you discuss. You want to take it upon yourself into your your Twitterverse or whatever you want to speak on and call him oh, a bust. Oh, Mind oh, you, oh. you never could play. You can never play. No one ever asked you to play. You're talking to no one's ever willing to watch you play. But you, but you basically got a following base of people that like to call something about somebody that you couldn't do that they couldn't do. I find that you, rich. Mel. But at the same time, at the the day, let me know. I wish I was a bust. What would what? I not give to be a bust? I would tattoo it on my forehead as a bust. And at the end of the day, so you know, for parents and athletes, do not let that type of situation, that type of rhetoric get to you and make you feel less than. 
the fact you accomplish what you accomplish is an accomplishment that in itself needs to be rewarded and praised. Nobody gave you nothing. Nothing was free. They didn't say we want you just because you had to bust your butt and go through all the stuff that don't even come to the light to get there. Yeah. Only to have somebody to sit there that their best attribute in your entire career is watching. Call you something that you're supposed to acknowledge. Just the facts, not the process. You're right, bro. Nothing is free. Stop saying education is free. Because if my education is free, don't is free. you can never take it away from me and take it back. So, so, so I know you're going inside right now. So every athlete and family know this. You become a professional athlete the moment someone is paying to watch you play. Because every word they say to you after the fact is basically for either in their best interest and yours. But 99.9% of the time, it's going to be in theirs. And if you don't know how to audit, vet, and monitor what they're saying, we wouldn't have more conversations like this. We don't yeah. want to have more. So, like I said, again, messing yourself, not the industry. We appreciate you, bro, man. We'll be back at it next week. No. Absolutely. God bless. All right, bro. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.